0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and I'm grateful we have a poem submission from a friend, the poet. And the poet's name is Bilin Nahawet. And the poem is entitled Breaking News. Someone should have told you that betraying yourself is no defense against devastation by others. You broke your own heart as if you'd be safer in pieces, as if you could snap out of it, as if you would crack some cold. How could you have known that it's harder to forgive yourself than to reconstruct a heart? Thank you so much, B. Lynn and B. Lynn's friend for sending in that poem on their behalf. I am so grateful for this topic as we think about the ways we have betrayed ourselves in the hope of pleasing another or in the hope of transforming another. And the reality is that people will break our hearts when we do not see, recognize, or acknowledge the ways in which it is already cracking. And so when you are already being mistreated, already being devalued, already being overlooked or taken for granted. Many times we will erase ourselves, contort ourselves, shift ourselves in ways uh, in which we are fundamentally hoping to be loved, respected, appreciated, treated well. And I want you to know that you are worthy of love, that you are worthy of respect, that you are worthy of care, and that you should never have to abandon yourself, erase yourself, neglect yourself for someone to treat you well. You are already enough. You are already worthy. And so I invite you in this moment to take breath and take sacred pause as we, with grace and compassion, consider the times that you have betrayed yourself, the times you have denied reality, the times that you have ignored the breaking of your own heart because of hope, because of love, because of loneliness, because of desire. And in this moment, to say, I want to see things clearly because I am deserving of truth. To say to yourself in this moment, I will not pretend, I will not avoid, I will not deny truth. That as I come home to myself, I am deserving of relationships that are based in truth, based in respect and based in love. And I know many people who are listening will say that they are being hopeful and loving by holding on to dysfunctional, unhealthy, even abusive relationships. So the question often gets raised to me as a psychologist, well, don't you believe people can change? And I would say to you, yes, transformation is possible, healing is possible, growth is possible, but the person has to desire the change and then invest the effort in the consistent change. And so sometimes our desire for people to be different is greater than their desire for themselves to be made whole. And so our topic on today is signs that a formerly abusive partner is changed. Signs that an abusive person is changed. And you can apply this to romantic relationships. You can think about this in friendship. And for some of you, you will also apply this as you think about family, if you have had relatives that were abusive in the past and trying to figure out, is it healthy for me to reconnect or for me to continue to connect with this person? So I invite you to just take sacred pause and to consider who are the people that have mistreated you? And out of the people who have mistreated you, who are the people that you are considering continuing relationship with, or you are not just considering it, some of you are still in the relationship holding on to your hope. And so it is important that we not just have denial with hope but we want to really look at the evidence. We want to face the facts. We want to face the reality to not just imagine what you hope, what you desire, what you want. It is ultimately not about your picture of who a person could be, but it really is about who they are deciding to be. Not the ways in which you want them to show up, but the ways in which they are or are not showing up. And so it requires us releasing our fascination with or fantasy of someone's potential. Sometimes we can have in our minds who a person could be if they just transformed or healed or recovered or grew But we have to really be honest about who people are choosing to be in the moment, because as I come home to myself, I recognize that I am worthy of care. I recognize that I am worthy of being treated well. And when I know my worthiness, I release the assignment of having to convince people to treat me well when I come home to the truth of my own worthiness, then I let go of the agenda of out of anxiety and insecurity, needing to convince anyone of my worthiness. And so on today, let us reflect on if we are acknowledging the truth, and making decisions based in truth. Because one of the ways we have defined homecoming is telling yourself the truth and then living from that place of truth. So what is the truth that you need to acknowledge, that you need to recognize about the people you are in relationship with? What is the truth about the healthiness or the dysfunction or the abusiveness of those relationships, what is the truth? And I believe on today that you're ready to acknowledge the truth and then decide from there what the steps are going forward. So if someone has been abusive and they have actually changed, if they are really transformed, they are willing to acknowledge, and you don't have to beg them to acknowledge, they freely acknowledge the ways in which they have been abusive in the past. And so they are not in denial about what they have done, and they don't try to minimize it. So people who will try to minimize it will say, Oh, well, other people have done worse things, and so what I did wasn't that bad. Or they will uh, do the gaslighting of pretending that didn't happen or being in denial. If someone was abusive toward you and their response to that is they don't remember that, that is not an indication of transformation. So I cannot be changed if I don't yet acknowledge the truth of what happened. And so this is a person who is not trying to cover it up with excuses that they recognize the importance of acknowledging wrongdoing. And so as you consider these relationships, what are the conversations about the abusive behavior like? Is it that you are bringing it up and they get angry that you bring it up? Is it that you are wanting to discuss it and they're saying we should just move on and not get caught up in that, or that it wasn't that bad, or you're being sensitive? Are they quick to distract and try to create detours in the conversation or to get angry with you? for wanting to reflect on the past. So it is important that there is a full and free acknowledgement of the wrongs that have been done if I'm really talking about someone being transformed. It is also important that as they acknowledge what happened that they acknowledge that they were in the wrong without trying to uh, excuse, explain, or justify it with your actions. So there is no excuse for abuse, right? So if the person is saying, I only did this because you did that, then ultimately they're saying you are responsible for the way that I treated you. And that if you do any of those things again, I feel fully justified to treat you that way again, or to speak to you that way again, or to handle you that way again. And so you want to really be tuned in to the use of victim blaming, justification, and making excuses that reveal they actually believe their behavior is acceptable. They actually believe. Because if I believe that the abusive behavior or the mistreatment is justifiable and acceptable, that means that the behavior will repeat itself, that it will continue, that there is not a sense of personal responsibility. It is that you are to blame. So because you were dressed the way you were dressed, or the way uh, you spoke, or the ways in which they interpreted uh, your behavior, then, then it made it okay for them to harm you verbally, emotionally, physically, sexually. Yes? So I invite you to be honest with yourself. Sometimes we don't want to hear the justification. There's a difference between a disagreement and abusive behavior. So when it's a disagreement and I'm working with couples, then yes, it is perfectly acceptable and to be expected for both people to own their part in the disagreement, right? So if friends or siblings or even dating partners have an argument and they've said things they regret and both people apologize for their part in it, Uh, That is one thing. But when we're talking about abusive behavior, there is a power dynamic, there are control issues, and there is also a sense of severity. And so one does not justify the other, right? And so we want to be really careful when you have been harmed to not accept a person's explanation that you are somehow responsible for them being harmful toward you, right? Of them being abusive toward you, of them uh, being toxic or dismantling and breaking your spirit, your heart, your confidence. We want to really be clear about in a justification of abuse is a glaring sign of a lack of change, right? A justification of abuse indicates a lack of transformation. We also want to uh, listen for and be clear about someone who uh, has been abusive, acknowledging that they made a choice and that it was the wrong choice. Because if people are saying I couldn't help myself, that I just lost my temper, I just lost control. If I don't recognize agency, if I don't recognize my capacity to choose, if I honestly believe that I cannot make decisions about my actions or about my words or about my treatment of another person, then that is another indication that there cannot be change, right? How can I be transformed if I believe it is beyond my control to act differently, to respond differently? And so we want to be really mindful of paying attention to the ways in which people think about what they chose to do in the past, the way they chose to treat you, the way they chose to speak to you, the way they chose to dishonor you. It is a choice. We choose our behaviors. We choose our words. And so it is very important uh, if we're looking for transformation that people who have done harmful things in the past, Not only acknowledge that it happened, not only acknowledge that it was wrong, but they also take responsibility for having made the choice and being intentional about the fact that they can make a different choice, that given the same dynamics, if we were having that conversation or if this opportunity presented itself uh, to me in the present, That I recognize I can make another choice. It is also going to be important to listen for if the person honestly recognizes the impact of their behavior. Sometimes people will victimize you, mistreat you, and the only thing they can center in on is their own emotions. They Feel bad for getting caught or they feel bad because you're now rejecting them or they feel bad because of the consequences, right? They're not, so they're still really centering themselves, right? The reason I'm upset is because I'm having to face some consequence for my actions versus someone really being able to sit with and acknowledge and feel compassion and regret for the harm that they have caused, right? Are they really able to see and acknowledge not just what they did, but what the impact of those actions have been? We want to really listen for that. If you're feeling that there really is just a rush or a push For you to get over it, you should just act like normal, that things just need to magically go back to the way they were. If they seem confused by your emotions, then they don't truly get the harm, the abusiveness of their behavior. So you want to pay attention, your sense, both in terms of what they say, but also the attitude and the ways in which they respond, does it feel like someone who gets consequence, the harmful effects of their behavior? Do they really acknowledge that, feel that, respond from a place of understanding that of course you would feel now anxious or of course now you would have trouble trusting them Or, of course, you are frustrated or disappointed or angry or all of those things at the same time that given the behavior, right? Given the ways in which you were treated, the ways you are feeling and the ways you are now acting makes sense. Yes. So you want to pay attention to see if that dynamic is there. And then it is going to be important for them to be able to acknowledge the underlying attitudes and behaviors they hold or that they held that made the behavior acceptable to them, right? So actions don't take place in a vacuum, right? Our behaviors are connected to our thoughts and our feelings. And so if someone has been abusive toward you, has mistreated you, then they will need to really do some self-reflection, very likely in therapy, in a uh, batterer's recovery group. Uh, They will need to do some reflection on what are the beliefs They hold or held that made the choice to be abusive to you acceptable and the most attractive option in the moment, right? So they will need to really look at how they think about relationships, how they think about you, how they think about themselves, how they think about conflict, the ways in which they have drawn some conclusions that made your dishonoring the first option, made it a viable option in the option that they chose. Yes, because if there is not a shift in the attitude, if there's not a shift in the mindset, the behavior will reoccur, right? And if they don't have an understanding or an acknowledgement of their own thought process, the behavior will reoccur. So it really requires reflection and awareness and honesty, first of all, with themselves, right? And then that transparency with you. And many people will lack the patience for that. They may come with an apology. They may come with a gift They may say, you know, let me take you out. And then, you know, by the end of the day, the end of the week, they're ready for you to be over it. And so you want to pay attention to their patience and investment in the process of understanding themselves so that they can be transformed. And so many times there is a lack of reflection Which is why I said it can be helpful for them to do therapy or to be in a group, because when people don't have that self-reflection and that insight and you ask them questions about what they did, they will just get impatient or they will have an attitude or they will uh, come up with an excuse, which is usually blaming you. Or they'll say, you know, I don't know, I, I just did it. I wasn't thinking. Right. Is, the, is, is often the response. I wasn't thinking. So just forgive me. I wasn't thinking. Well, even when we make quick decisions, there is an underlying belief that guides the decision. And so it is important to be able to reflect on those. And then it is also going to be important for you to see an engagement in positive Behaviors, right? So sometimes when people have been called out or faced a consequence for a negative or abusive behaviors, they withdraw and shut down. So, you know, if you are dealing with someone or considering dealing with someone, and now that you have said that. You do not want them yelling at you. You do not want them cursing at you. You do not want them throwing things. You do not want them to put their hands on you or to restrict your movement. Now that you have said these things are unacceptable, what some people will do who are unwilling to change is to say, well, I just can't talk to you right? Well, then I'm just going to shut down. Well, I'm just going to disappear. Well, I'm just going to go in my room and isolate, or I'm just going to sit here and drink because I can't talk to you because you're too sensitive, right? So you you want to really hear that. If a person's response to being told they cannot be abusive is to stop engaging at all, as if that is the only way to engage, right? So it's either I should be able to talk to you any kind of way or I won't talk to you at all. That is a lack of transformation and a lack of change. So if you say, well, you know, at least they're not talking in a mean way to me anymore. Well, they're not speaking to you at all. Right, So that is not really transformation. It is a a birthplace of resentment and uh, secrecy and also intended to punish you, to make you feel the withdrawal of their attention so that you will accept the unacceptable uh, because you do not want them to be disconnected from you right? And so this is manipulation and strategy, right? So if you say you don't want to be mistreated, and so then I give you the silent treatment or disconnect from you or call you too sensitive and say, well, I just can't talk to you anymore. That strategy is intended for you to then come around and say, no, 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 I want you to be yourself So you really want to recognize that as the strategy to get you to release your standards and for you to release your expectations, requirements, or boundaries, and to also know that is a person who is unwilling to change. And so instead, a person who is really transformed will start to practice those skills of, Engaging in conversation with you, even when we disagree, even when it is difficult, even if there is tension and being intentional about not yelling, not screaming, not cursing, not throwing things and still staying engaged and still saying, I want to hear what you think and still continuing the dialogue so that you all can build a healthier relationship it will also mean not only around conflict but that they are intentional about maintaining creating new memories healthy memories beautiful points of connection right so if you only get good treatment kind of temporarily it is the honeymoon to try to love bomb you, to try to get you to come back. And then as soon as you are giving them consideration, all of the the goodness goes away. Then you want to recognize that those were tactics to get you to release the past. But it's not really an indication of ongoing transformation versus someone who is consistently now being thoughtful, consistently initiating positive interactions, consistently expressing affirmation and appreciation, consistently planning important moments for you all to have together. And so the transformation is not only the stopping of the abusive behavior, but engaging in healthy relational behaviors. And the last thing that I want to say about signs that an abusive person has changed is that it needs to be consistent. This is not a category where we can accept just a decrease in abusive behavior the abusive behavior needs to completely stop, right? Because some people will want points for not doing the abusive behavior as much, right? But they're still engaging in that behavior. So it it is the same cycle. It is the same pattern. And so it should not be, if they are trying to excuse, well, last time I did this behavior every day and now it's once a week or previously I did it, you know, once a week and now it's been a whole month before I did it again. So there, there is no space in love for abusive behavior. There is no space in respect for abusive behavior. And so you are deserving not just in a decrease in abuse. You are deserving of not just less frequent abuse. You are deserving of a relationship where there is not abuse. You are worthy of that. You are deserving of that. And so I am appreciative that you are reflecting in this season of your life of as you come home to yourself, what does it look like to only create and maintain relationships where you can be at home, where you can be free, where you can be safe, where you are cared for, where you can breathe. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home.